welcome to episode 10, DS10. Double digits. Double digits, baby. Of Talking in Tangents. I am one of your hosts. My name is Britt. I go by she and her. I'm okay with they. Yay. Across from me (laughs) is... It's Megan or Megs. I go by she and her. That is that is all. Hello, that hi. Is all. Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month, bitches! To all of my friends, my queers, non-queers. Actually, no, only to the queers. I'm sorry, non-queers. You're not being celebrated. Yeah, it's not ever. your month. Get out of here. You don't need a Every month. Every month is your month. Fuck You're off. fine. <laughs> You're normalized for the most part. Our queer friends are still... Um, have some troubles with the stupid people in our country and our world who just can't accept the fact that people love people. Love is love, y'all. Love is love. And as someone who used to live in the Bay Area and got to see Pride Month basically throughout the whole streets in a big parade, I cannot wait for this COVID stuff to settle its ass down so I can appreciate a proper pride parade because that shit was the best fucking day of my life. Oh, I bet. I've never been to one. It was so fun. Like, obviously there's a lot of like pride months and parades in like Orange County and whatever, but nobody does pride like San Francisco and it was fucking rip-roaring good time. So like friendly, amazing, beautiful. They would do like floats and balloons and drag queens, which I love. And uh, my favorite was there like the always like these um, rainbow roller skaters, and they all had these balloon like fans, like little peacocks, and they all were a different color of the rainbow. And they would scoot down in a row, and I'm like, I want to be green next year, or maybe purple, please. Maybe purple, maybe some color. Yeah, so I mean, gosh, it's just such a fun-ass time. Um, And then later you would like stroll down into like the other areas where they had like stages set up and whatnot. And um, people were all out. Like I saw lots of naked people. That's, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. But you know what? I was like, hey, you know what? Celebrate your pride the way you want to. And if that means you want to go full balls hanging nude, and go for it. Go I for guess. it, man. And I, maybe I won't high five you because you're probably sweaty. But yeah, like, you probably I probably scratch I, your balls. I will. I will gently nod in your direction you and go. tip my my cap to you, sir. I will never forget that man's ass in my oh. entire life. But uh, man, gosh, it was a rip roaring good time. I saw a meme and it was like, we in this house we stand for the flag and kneel for the cross and the fl- oh yes. you saw that the That's, flag was the, the, flag the pride, pride flag of the cross is animal crossings <laughs> oh yeah that's so fun oh that was that's always a fun one i very much enjoy that me too that's great speaking oh. of fun this episode is gonna be fun it's just, i'm so excited yeah we're just gonna be answering some questions because you know what's a better way to celebrate talking in tangents than just jumping all over the place with fun questions uh tough questions funny questions yeah life advice life stories anecdotes math questions all sorts of lovely things that are rattling around in the brains and uh, you got the questions and we got the answers or the opinions or just the commentary really yeah that's a that's good um okay but to be a commentary let's dive into some pop culture to talk about culture that's popping pop that culture Pop culture. Let's pop that shit. That is culture. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's a very 
<laughs> accurate statement of how I feel about culture these days. It's like it's just a zit. Mm, we popped already. Humanity is a zit on the butt of it life. It keeps growing. <laughs> it's never it ending. It hurts. It's right in the crack where you're just kind of. It's just like your little like cheek rub is just no. like friction. Friction Thank is making it God. bigger. Oh, it's just debris. I hate that butt sweat. so much. I feel like I've only no. I'm not gonna talk about. Oh, in, I'm not gonna talk about my butts. It's more of my history. I had zits. a I had a zit on my butt once. Once and, I, did, and yeah. I didn't realize it. And then I was <laughs> don't listen, mom. But I was hooking up with a guy. <laughs> he pointed out to you. I hope not. Yeah, he did. <laughs> no, no, that's so. And terrible. I was just kind of like, oh, whoops, okay. <laughs> and then I was just like, well, what are you gonna do? Stop. That's so fucked up. Kind of like, oh, I kind of want to like turn around and just like flip them off mid and just be like, what are you going to do about it? You're not, you're not pulling out. Come on now. Oh my God. That makes me like so uh, angry. Don't do that. Okay. Lesson number one. Don't put right. your butts he, it's he, while you're having jerk. sex. It's fine. Yeah. It sounds fine. like a jerk. We don't talk to him anymore, really. Not that much anyway. Oh, well, speaking of jerks, I'm kidding. I don't know if he's, a, I don't know if he's a jerk, but, um, I kind of just stumbled. It's actually, yeah, my partner was like, you know, what? I'm going to go take a shower. Uh, I'm, and I said, okay, I'm going to sit downstairs, but I didn't want to go on my phone. So I'm like, I'm going to find a random thing to watch. And then I went on Netflix, and there was this comedy special called Inside by Bo Burnham. I'd, I'd never seen this comedian's stuff before. He's a comedian, three years old. Uh, and but I had heard about it. I have inklings of it, and so I just clicked play, and it starts off with a song, a song, and uh, Ramon, was, my partner, was like, "Are you watching like a musical, a kids show? What's going on?" I'm like, "No, it's a comedy special." And he like walks over and he crosses his arms and like he's trying to go upstairs to watch to take a shower, but he ends up staying there for ten minutes, and I end up staring at the TV. With my mouth open, laughing for 10 minutes at, like, this this comedian. He essentially recorded a comedy special all by himself. No crew, no editors, no anything. Just him in his room um, during quarantine. And he wasn't going to leave until, I think, until he finished his special. And so throughout the special, he grows his... Facial hair grows longer. He, you could see him visibly going into delirium as he tries to use comedy to heal himself. Honestly, it's kind of like a regression. He's, it's a, he's like a kid stuck in his room trying to entertain himself, but really he's trying to entertain us. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like um, there's an episode of The Simpsons called Bard of Darkness, I think. It's basically when Bart breaks his leg and then he's trapped inside all summer. And then he starts, like, talking to himself. And Marge is like, we should go check in on Bart. He's getting all isolated and weird. And then, like, cuts to him. And he's, like, playing with these, like, little toys. And he's like, Kippa's for breakfast, Aunt Helga. <laughs> oh, it's St. Wibbon's Day. And he's just, like, being yeah, a weirdo. Yeah, you're all crazy by yourself. And he's, like, sitting in the dark with all of his lights off. And, like, he has, like, dark circles under his oh, eyes. Bart. And Lisa's like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, ah, don't turn on the lights. <laughs> and I'm like, that would be me. Bert. Yeah, poor so, Bart. Yeah, so poor, poor Bo Burnham. I'm kidding. He's getting paid a lot of money probably for this special. But um, apparently he does a lot of his jokes with songs. And honestly, the songwriting is amazing. He did a really good job at with his lights and his directing of himself. 
Um, and it's a really, really funny comedy to watch now leaving. I feel like it would be a little bit hard to watch like midway, like towards the end of 2020 after a year of living through COVID because it was there's no light at the end of the tunnel. But now that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, it's kind of amusing to watch because yeah. he, he, he touches on a lot of different like social commentary, internal struggles that all of us probably went through over the course of the last year. Um, And so I highly recommend uh, people to watch this if you haven't watched it already. Uh, Probably don't watch it if you are... I'm kidding. No, he talks about this in the beginning. He's He's like, should I be joking at a time like this? Like when the world doesn't seem that funny and some of the jokes are kind of morbid and make you pretty sad, but in the end, yes, like, are we okay? Yeah, and so it's on Netflix. Yeah, okay, thank great. you for asking. It's on Netflix. It's a really, uh, I'm only two thirds of the way through it, but I feel like if you enjoy cinema, if you enjoy not cinema exactly, but if you like the technicality of like reco- recording and editing and all like little diy things oh, you'll yeah. love it if you like indie musicians you'll like it a lot he writes all the songs by himself i'm very excited to watch it oh i'm so excited for you to watch it i'm probably gonna watch it when i get home tonight and it's funny that you mentioned it because when you were describing it <laughs> and i will quote myself on it cause it's great you were like oh have you ever heard of bo burnham and i was like is he that puppet guy yeah <laughs> Who is Jeff Dunham? uh, Jeff Jeff Dunham. It's it's another southern sounding name. Jeff Dunham, Bo Burnham. They're probably cousins, you know. Um, But right after you like described it, then I was like, oh, that's right. My coworker was recommending I watch this, and he was saying it's like kind of like dark and a little bit sad but still yeah, funny it's very, yeah it is dark and sad but it's he made it sound worse because then you just showed me a couple clips and i'm like this is great i like there, this i showed you that i should i was the too scared I, yeah i was too scared to show you they're really sad there is a part where he's just saying like oh by the time i'm 48 i'm i'm definitely killing myself and then it cuts to him being like just kidding don't kill yourself yeah there's a lot to live for mm-hmm. i have friends who killed themselves it's not fun well, I'm and glad then he did that shit it zooms out it's zooms out and it's projector projecting him talking to the, the audience about like don't kill yourself it's not a good idea and it's him a few months later he's looking like white from being inside he has longer facial hair and he's staring at his video with deadpan eyes and you're like fuck he no longer believes what he's hearing like he doesn't see the light at the tunnel anymore um and that i feel like we were definitely all had like that moment where like what the fuck is happening and life did like you you couldn't see an end and it's some luckily like my my COVID experience was good in that I had my my daughter and my partner with me the entire time but like being by yourself fuck no I don't know yeah that's hard it was definitely rough for me luckily Mm -hmm. like I have a super chill roommate and I also I I I feel very blessed that I actually got to work during the whole yeah, time. And, and like, people. part of me felt a little mildly jealous at first because I was like, oh, man, these people are, like, getting to stay home and they're getting money no. and they don't have to, like, yeah. I was so jealous for a couple months where I was like, I have to fucking go to work and all these fucking people get to sit home and play Animal Crossing all fucking day. And I got really buttered about it. And then I realized I was like, I actually get to, like, go outside, which is really nice. Even though going outside, especially during the beginnings of all of that, was very weird. You, it just—it was just another world, and the interactions with people were just not pleasant. No. And now that things are like slowly opening up, 
it feels nice to have like friendly interactions with people and oh, like yeah. see groups of people hanging out and obviously know that they're doing it in a safe way because nobody really hangs out in a large group unless you like are part of that circle or they're all yes. vaccinated now. So like it's just really refreshing to like see like nature is healing. So yeah, so watch so this nice. uh, watch this special to see how far we've all come. Yes, I I can't wait. I'm gonna watch it once I get home. I'm so excited. I'm very you. excited. I I really am stoked. What, what news do you get? Well, um, so I was doing the Googlings and was trying to figure out. Um, I wanted to kind of get like some statistics of like just life and whatever, like after this whole year of shenanigans. And I found an article that's pop culture that defined a year of COVID. And I was reading through it, and it was just like fascinating to kind of see like how certain things were affected by quarantine, not just in our own lives or personal lives or work or whatever, but just like what has become essentially popular culture. And well, now I'm curious to see how these trends will continue onwards and how pop culture will change because of COVID forever, really. Um, So like obviously like TikTok's popularity as a platform skyrocketed. Um, And... What's amazing, though, is it proved the power that it had to influence the masses. Um, a lot of it had to do with music and songs. Oh, so yeah, absolutely. Even, so, like, even, like, already famous actor or uh, famous singers like Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, Doja Cat, um, Ariana Grande, they're already famous people, right? But those songs become so iconic in those realms of tiktok that like it's basically synonymous to the dances that are attached to them so then millions of people are partaking in these challenges and they're sharing all these songs and stuff but what's crazy is not only are famous people's songs getting propelled but also like different influencers and personalities are now either getting their own platform and making an industry out of it. Um, a lot of like makeup and skincare people are now getting their own business deals. So you basically are seeing people, their average Joes, that have a passion for something, whether it's like they just do makeup videos or whatever, and they're not having makeup lines. Or this one girl was just, you know, playing guitar or singing to herself, you know, in her, you know, bedroom, and now she's getting a record deal. So like seeing a platform do what it should do and it's create icons is it's it's fascinating um also really all social media platforms have had a large influence on a lot of our cultural events especially like the black lives matter protests as well as the elections i feel like more kids who turned 18 turned up for this election and we had all these record-breaking numbers because of social media Mm -hmm. like seeing social media do it's things a blessing and a curse yeah so it's it, it shows the power what it showed to me is the power that it had you can make or break someone you could oh yeah bring someone up changed or ruin stock. their life yeah it changed a cryptocurrency it changed yeah yeah i mean we're also seeing social media the fact that like crazy. you're able to see and hear voices of activists that you wouldn't normally hear on the news or whatever because they're being silenced for whatever reason um both political platforms used it to mobilize voters and we eventually got donald trump banned on twitter like they basically like banned a political figure that's how much fucking power this thing has um and then also just like you know 
music industry veterans are releasing specific projects for themselves specifically like i mean the weekend alone did after hours and then blinding lights and then now he went to the super bowl so like he already was famous but like certain things have gotten so viral to a point of like they become icons now like it's in it's insane um i mean taylor swift is now a big fucking deal i mean she always was a big deal but now she's like it's just like it's blowing them up to out of proportions really and then another thing too is because movie theaters closed down all these streaming giants are basically they have a hold on tv and film forever now i don't think movies are going to be the same because you're seeing things like Queen's Gambit, Bridgerton, Tiger King. Um, we had Disney Plus. People Disney already. Plus yeah. came out, and that was WandaVision, The Mandalorian. These are Six like iconic television shows now. Like The Mandalorian is phenomenal to watch, even if you're not a Star Wars fan. Um, documentaries like like Tiger King becoming a viral sensation, and like becoming becoming part of the social like conversation like it was just like some weird ass documentary that normally you would watch when you're like scrolling through netflix like stoned off your mind but because there was nothing fucking else to do you just talked about it with everyone your friends your co-workers whatever and it's the same thing with like these little mini series like the queen's gambit like yeah. bridgerton you're they were able to like put all this money and time and script writing and direction into what was considering like what like six episodes for queen's gambit like and it becomes a basically a social phenomenon that actress is now going to be in a fucking major like i think a major like disney or marvel movie coming up like all these small little actresses too they're doing all these netflix movies it's proving that just because you're not on a big screen um, or you're not in like a, a theater or you're, or you're not on like actual like daily television, you could be in a mini series and become a fucking icon. Like Bridgerton's another example too. Like <laughs> a lot of those actors are famous in their own right, but they literally just, it's become like, you're just like an actor, you know, day by day. Maybe you have a scene in Harry Potter or whatever, you know, like, Dude. The one guy in Bridgerton was like in the fucking Harry Potter movies in the fucking background. And now he's like, they're debating on if they want to make him like another fucking James Bond. For Euphoria, the, the transgender yeah. uh, actress, um, she is now uh, like a model for Shishido, mm-hmm. the, uh, the Asian makeup brand, and also like is modeling for Prada. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? That's I mean, amazing. I mean, even That's like crazy. Pedro Pascal, the the oh, Mandalorian, yes. mm-hmm. he's been acting for a fucking long time. I don't think you all realize how old that motherfucker is. And he's always been handsome. He's so handsome. He is oh, so... Oh, mm, uh. But like... <laughs> So delightful, so handsome, has been acting for a very long time, but it was that show that literally, like, skyrocketed him into, like, Brad Pitt's star. the future is going to be wild. I can't wait to see our world in 20 years. Yeah, it's just... I mean, I can't wait. I can't wait. This is... We're moving really fast. Yeah, so Um, that's crazy, too, but then you also kind of see, like, because of this disruption of normal filming and screening and whatever, there these platforms are what are prog- like, it connects us. Yeah, and yeah. also like these movies and whatnot are actually giving like the time of day. Like, 
Um, the Trial of the Chicago 7, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, The Sound of Metal were all contenders for major awards. Uh, Soul, you know, Hamilton. Hamilton became like oh a fucking... Gosh. And that's yeah. a live show. There's a live recording. Mm-hmm. They always do live recordings and will like post um, things on on Netflix or whatever. If you're ever... If you're not really sure if you're into musicals, I always recommend seeing a live show. In fact... There is a uh, musical version of Shrek. Oh my god! Yeah, I've seen. I've actually seen some of well, a live Shrek performance, but it was in Austin. It wasn't like a formal production. It was oh like yeah, outdoorsy, no. and they they tried. Uh, so I the, walked away from it. The formal production that was actually re- I hear it's really re- good. was recorded. And is really good, and it's on Netflix. Oh I remember my gosh, watching it one no evening way. out of nowhere, and I was like, was "Oh, it good? like I love it." So oh much. my god, that I blows my mind. Okay, love it. Okay, and what's cool is like a lot of, and this is me being a musical nerd, is I used to do set design stuff, so I specialized in lighting and also like actually set construction. So I was the one like moving all the sets in the background. So whatever. So they they still film it as kind of a multicam, so there's different angles and yeah, whatever yeah. to give it kind of a movie-esque thing, but you definitely still hear the audience reacting, which cool. is lovely about live shows. But then you also, like, sets move and mountains move around and things like that, That's and they cool. do, like, all, like, the... There's an animatronic, like, dragon that fucking sings because so the, cool. the dragon or whatever, but, like... They do the acting so well that all the people sound like the characters and then they start singing and then you're like, oh, they actually still sound they actually still sound like Shrek. But he's fucking belting and it's good. That's so funny. Like he I would have never guessed. He has like I guess I'm watching that. You watch Bo Burnham, I watch Shrek. So he has a very (laughs) good voice. Yeah. And you hear him like talking. Um but then you actually, you get more amazed over the fact that, like, he can hold these notes and still technically be in character. So but you can trick. tell he's got fucking pipes. And you're like, dang. Cool. And he's, like, this big dude in a fucking Shrek costume. Fucking weird With, like, antennas. prosthetics and antennas and shit. And then the girl that plays Fiona, she's actually, like, a Tony Award winning actress. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. She's funny. She actually is a really good dancer, too, and she has, like, a dance scene where she has little taps or whatever, and she's phenomenal. She also now stars in the TV show Younger on TV Land. Like, she's okay. she's now, like, taken her Broadway career and catapulted it into television and stratosphere, so cool. she's great. She's an amazing singer, amazing dancer, and then fucking hilarious. Okay. So, like... They're all really good. The guy that plays donkey is in a fucking donkey suit, but he sings so good. And you're just like, I'm like, what am I watching? I am literally watching a live production of Shrek, but a musical, and it's good? Yeah. I'm so confused. And I, I'm honestly kind of confused. Yeah. I, I'm taking your word for it, and I am going to watch it. But, like, yeah, as a initial, like, viewer of the trailer, not tra- even trailer, but just, like, screenshots, I'm just like, no. I'm not going to do it. Sorry. One, but now I will. Yeah, my one you convinced me. I'm fascinated over how TV and movies it's are. It's going to keep now, shifting. Now for shifting. sure. Yeah. That is, um, that's pop culture. Yeah. And Shrek. <laughs> Shrek. Um, 
kind of short and sweet with our beverage break. We're being basic bitches. Got White Claw. Before this, I drink a hard kombucha because that's honestly, I strongly believe my hard kombucha is a probiotic that helps my skin. Yeah. So I allow myself my one hard kombucha a day. Helps you poop. Helps you be regular. It's great. great. But right now, White Claw, and I before I was drinking black cherry, I was drinking watermelon, and all it does is remind me how much more I like watermelon than black cherry. Watermelon is the only one that's like mildly sweet that I'm like, this is actually refreshing. Yeah. And it doesn't... Like it, you know, obviously it tastes like fake watermelon, but it's like a good fake watermelon. And you're like a jolly rancher with a little sparkle. And you're like, mm. So mm. maybe next week I'll tr- well, we could try the TikTok trend for beverage break. And it's not a beverage. It's actually a snack. Uh, it's a TikTok trend where uh, you eat watermelon with mustard on it. Mm. Apparently it's it does something. I mean, I, I put salt on my watermelon. But mustard? Never mustard. Yep, we'll try I, it next time. I will do watermelon or I'll do, um, what's the little? Tahine. Tahine, yes. I put tahine on pineapple and watermelon and mangoes. It's delicious. So grab your tahine, grab your salt, grab your mustard. Yeah. Sit down. Let's grab, answer some questions. Grab your mustard. Grab Make your sure mustard. spicy mustard. Hey, grab your mustard and catch up with us. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so for episode 10, we'd like to talk about two things, Brits and Megs. Just kidding. We're not talking about ourselves, but we are answering some questions. Just keep it kind of, I don't know, just, uh, it's a, it's a fun episode. It's, we don't think too much. You don't think too much. Get some introspective thoughts. We keeps it real. Keeps it real. Exactly. So let's go all with our first listener question. Uh, all right, here we go. What have you learned so far in 2021, and where do you see yourself in six months? Hmm. Let's see. 2021. Okay, I keep thinking that it's just, it, we just got to 2021, but we are in June. We're halfway. So shit. Yeah, what have we learned so far this year? Oh, gosh, that years go by fast. They go by so fucking fast, yeah. I mean, once you get older and have a job, too, they do tend to go a little bit faster. But I just feel like the last couple years have been flying by. And there was a hot second, though, where I felt like 2020 would never end. But, like... Gosh, I feel like this year has literally flown by. Yeah, I think I think that kind of goes into like what I have learned for 2021 so far. Uh, 2021, I'm thinking very long term um, about life more so than usual, just because we've had a year to think about life. And now that 2021 has approached, I've noticed a change. I've noticed a shift in the universe energy, you could say, not to sound hippy-dippy, but everyone is wanting a change in some way or another. And so in 2021, I'm thinking about, okay, what I've learned so far is uh, that I only have one life and it's very fragile. My environment can change. I can change. Anything can change. So so I've learned to really embrace the good moments because... We're not always going to have them. But also, I've learned that, like, you can create your own destiny in a sorts, but you have to, I don't know, it's just a matter of figuring out where you want to, where you want to go. And so, like, the last six months, I've been teaching myself more about, like, how to save for retirement or how to make a good investment or how to live, like, a more, like, financially stable life. And it, it involves a lot of working hard, a lot of, uh, giving up on things, a lot of uh, basically learning how to be frugal, 
I'm not doing so well so far, but um, that it's something I'm, I've learned so far is how to take care of my money. Um, and in six months, oh my God, in six months, I'm going to be married. In six months, I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to be looking at what my next step is. I'm, I'm happy in my current situation, um, but I know in six months, I'm going to be probably making moves towards some t- type of career path. I'm hopefully, I'm still, I don't know what I want to get into, but I'm having a lot of like drops of inspiration, like kind of pushed my way. And so I'm looking at them like, hmm, do I want to choose the shield, the sword or the magic staff? That is like, (laughs) which, which one do I want? (laughs) You know, um, so I, I really don't, I, in six months, I'll definitely still be at the same job. Uh, I'm gonna be, uh, feeling better about, uh, I got through another step in my life, which is getting married. I'll be looking at new cars, my mom car in six months. Um, and yeah, I, I know for sure that I'll, hopefully I will have found maybe an idea of where I want to be, but I'm not pushing it. Cause one thing I've learned is that if you try to fucking rush it, it's, it's not going to be natural. You're going to stress yourself out and it's not meant to be maybe. So I don't know. I'm just keeping my mind open currently. What about you? What, 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 what have you learned? Well, what besides I, the fact that the time yeah. is moving fucking fast. Besides time is moving so goddamn fast. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've learned in this last year, as well as towards the end of 2020, and I've been kind of slowly working my way up to this, but this has been the first time I've actually like taken action on it, mm-hmm. that um, my happiness is important. Yeah. And the main person that can make me happy is me. And that anyone that doesn't bring joy or friendship into my life and causes me strife, whether it be little or small, they don't need to be in your life at all. And it's nothing personal if you do the things that you need to do to cut people out of your life. Because you're allowed to grow. And if someone is not benefiting you in any kind of way, cut them out. And I've, I've been just as... You know, I'm a little bit of a people pleaser and I want everyone to like me. But then I've realized that not everyone, not everyone likes me. And that bugged me for a hot minute. I was like, oh, why don't people like me? They don't understand. They don't know me. They don't know who I am. They believe all these lies or these rumors or whatever. And then I was like, but who cares? You know your truth. You know who you are. You're a good person. You're not who these people think they are. Why do you care what they think about you? It's like, oh, well. And then I was like, no. Cut them out. Do what you need to do. Either mute them, block them, disown them. Whatever you need to do, your happiness is in your control. And you can't let others dictate your happiness. Mm -hmm. And so I've made it a point to be like, trying to think daily of things to be thankful for because as someone who struggled with issues like, you know, FOMO and depression and all these kind of things where you just kind of feel left out constantly, especially as someone in their 30s when you start to kind of feel like, oh, I'm not progressing in my life like everyone else is. I'm not in a relationship. I don't have kids. I don't have this fancy career whatever. But then I start thinking of all the good things that I do have. Like I have a job that I love. 
not only that I love, but everyone there respects me. And that is a huge deal for the field that I'm in. I work in a very male-dominated field. So, and I actually told my boss this the other day, and he was like, thank you for telling me that. I, like, walked in and was like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, I feel very grateful and thankful that I get to work in a job and come in every day and not feel scared that I'm going to get some sort of weird comment or get creeped on or whatever. I just, I feel safe in my work environment. That is awesome. And they care about me and they care about my growth yeah. and they care about me doing the things that I do and respect my opinion. Like I am a head of a department that's <laughs> all men, yeah. but it's me where they come to you if they have a question mm-hmm. and you're just kind of like, wow, that's cool. It is really cool. And I worked very hard to get to that point. And it's it's hard, too, when you kind of, like, see, like, when people are, oh, you do that, ma, ma, ma. And I was just like, but you don't understand what I do. And then you kind of explain it. And then they go, oh, wow, that's actually really cool. Like, did you, like, like, what did you do to get to that point? And I was like, I worked my fucking ass off. Like, it's it, was, it took a very long time. So to, and it's still going. And that's what I love about my career choice is there's so much, like, growth potential and routes that I've chosen where I can, you know, kind of go where I need to go. So, like, grateful that I have that. I'm not making millions of dollars. I'm, like, low end of what would be a salary, quote, unquote. But I'm still sustaining myself enough where I can pay my very expensive California rent. Um, I can deal with car stuff and not be concerned. I can pay my phone bill and my internet bill on time. I can afford all the streaming services, Hulu, Netflix, Disney+. Plus. And I don't have to worry about these kind of things. I'm grateful enough to where I'm like slowly paying off my credit card debt. I live with a roommate who is amazing and like a stable human being. I know it's very hard to find like people in a renting situation where like unless you've known them for like so many years like or you're related to them. There's a very high chance you can find someone that's a little cuckoo. And to have someone, like, come home and be like, oh, hey, like, I thought of you. Here's this. Or, oh, I got this for, you know, us and the cats. Like, to have someone, like, has become my friend has been, like, life-changing and also just, like, a very calm demeanor during a fucking pandemic. Like, some people did not deal with it well in a roommate situation and, like... See, living with someone that like took it with grace but then also like has become a good friend of mine is just so awesome and so having a healthy relationship to come home to that's platonic and lovely absolutely adore that like I have you know my family we're all healthy I'm healthy I didn't get COVID I got vaccinated like there's so many things to feel thankful for like I'm not homeless like it just Feeling a sense of gratitude for the first time in my life. And then, so whenever I do get this occasional loneliness or sadness or whatever, I it's nice to kind of take a step back and be yes. like, wow, like the, these are all things I am, can be grateful for. And yes, I have so much growth to do and so many things that I can love and appreciate and have manifest into my future. Um, but like, it'll take time. But ultimately, like, my happiness is in my control for the first time in like 32 years. And I'm like rip roaring excited right now. So like, it's just, it's, it's really cool. It's very healing, but also like as part of, you know, any kind of healing process, it, it gets kind of uncomfortable at some points. Like 
I have to, I've been definitely trying to like limit myself in social media. I'm trying to ease up on drinking so much. I'm trying to ease up on feeling terrible about myself and eating better. So like I'm I'm doing things that are going to take a lot of time and be very serious and healing. Not that I've had any particular substance issues, but like honestly like I've seen a pattern of certain behaviors because of certain things. So I'm like checking myself and realizing that I'm like, oh, your happiness will be a little bit better if you take better care of yourself. Really, it's really what it comes down to. So it feels good to really just have a positive outlook towards the future. Um, Where I see myself in six months, honestly, like I would like to be even better and healthier than I am now. Yeah. Six um, months is a short amount of time. So it's like kind of crazy to be like, oh shit. It's like a short amount of time, but a lot can truly happen. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> I have particular financial goals mm-hmm. that are on the top of my radar right now. I don't really see anyone except for you <laughs> really anymore because I work two jobs and it's because I'm determined to pay off my debt by mm-hmm. December. So I hopefully will be debt free in six months. So I won't have to work two jobs. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah, and that's, awesome. And it's me busting my ass to try to get rid of, you know, poor decisions that I made two years and ago. And I've said this before, but I'm so proud of you because that literally is the more research I've done and like, how do I find success is that the hard workers really do are the ones, those are the ones who come out on top. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I especially like during the beginning of quarantine like it was just like oh I like I work and then I go home and drink or go out and like you know I was just like you know what honestly like if I'm going to be sad and alone um at least I should be making money while I do it so what started what started out as a band-aid of me being like I'm sad because I'm not in a relationship and nobody wants to hang out with me and I'm feeling sad because everyone's hanging out and doing couple shit i can't do it um i literally used it as like a band-aid to distract me i was like if i work so much then then i won't have any time for anyone and no one can hurt me ha 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 but now it's become it's transformed into like a self-healing goal of being like yo if you do it right you can be debt free dude fuck yeah and like debt free and then move forward to actually like building the life that you want as a single person, which is mind-boggling to me. So I mean, it'll still take time. Even once I'm debt-free, it'll still be years. And I mean years of just building up like a money for deposit and healing whatever wounds I did to my credit. Even still, once you pay off debt, you still have to like earn back the credit yes. trust. Mm-hmm. So there's still a lot of work to be done. But to be debt-free is like the main goal right now. I mean, I've also been mildly manifesting someone in my life. I mean, the astrology TikToks have been telling me I'm supposed to meet someone this month, and I'm like, I roll, uh, uh, and I don't believe it. But then they're like, well, of course it's not going to happen now. You're not manifesting it. And I'm like, but I, I, I don't know. I'm, I... As weird and as unpicky as I am with with men, I also have very high expectations because I've had such low expectations for the longest time. I was like, I kind of want to yell at men and be like, you've had your chance. I dealt with you and your your, your grossness, Mm -hmm. your stupid unemployedness or your weird buttness or whatever. (laughs) Like I've just, like the bar was so- Your butt's too pointy. (laughs) 
<laughs> the bar was so fucking low for the longest time that I'm, I've had people be like, oh, wait, you dated that guy? Really? You can do better than that. I'll be like, I know. I absolutely know that that gremlin of a person should not have been inside me at one point in time. Yeah. But he was. And we're just going to not sorry. talk about it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to manifest someone that will like pursue. And so the manifestation that I'm trying to do for the next six months is I'll be debt free. But then I do not chase... Man enters scene. I do not chase. I attract. Yes. And that is what I'm trying to manifest. So hopefully that will be the case. But we should Cool. Nice. Well, the future is looking bright, I think, which is (laughs) awesome. What other questions have we got? So um, here's a fun one. Here's a fun one. Who is your celebrity crush? Oh, yeah. I forgot. Celebrity crush. This one is kind of... This question is only hard, and this is going to sound cheesy as fuck, but I was telling you earlier that I am attracted to people after I know their character. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, once I know them personally as a person is when I'm like, oh my gosh, I love you. Uh, So it's really hard for me to say. And it's funny because, like, whenever you said celebrity crush, my mind immediately just jumps to woman because women are (laughs) nice. You can have a woman crush. Women are nice. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, Emma Watson has been my celebrity crush since, like, 2010. She has lovely eyebrows. She's so lovely. She just seems like a beautiful person. She's the reason why I got a pixie cut. Me too. I got one. Yes, the pixie cut. Oh my I god, get a pixie cut. I got I'm sorry. one in 2011, 2012 or 13, whenever she got hers. And uh, that was uh, not fun, but it's fine. It's fine. But if I think of like men's celebrity crushes, I mean, I can easily talk about old celebrity crushes I've had growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Celebrity crushes I had in high school. I was so obsessed with like Brendan Yeary and his uh, bandmate Ryan, uh, Ryan something, who was also in Pink and Disco. Usually, if it's going to be celebrity crush, it's probably going to be a musician. Here, you answer, you answer, and then I'll come up with a man. All right. Okay. So, <laughs> Emma Watson might be my final answer. Sorry. So, I have a kind of like a section of like what I would consider, consider to be attractive to me mm-hmm. and like physically and yes. then like humor wise. Okay. Cool. And then there's someone who like manifests both and i will go through that so physically there's a tie and that is like what i am attracted to like they look at him and i'm like yes i want him in i I want want that man like that man please and thank you um and there's two uh one is (laughs) jeezy interesting cool he appeals to the like tattooed dirtbag kind of vibe that I would like, but he's also very tall and handsome. Like I don't know, there's something about like him aesthetically. Okay. Hair, how he dresses, the tattoos, that little like crybaby little curl in front, and his little like <laughs> like stern grumpy eyes or whatever. He's fucking hot he would literally make me cry and probably treat me like trash but 
Yeah, Jeezy is absolutely like Jeezy. You don't know what he looks like. Jeezy. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking him up right now. Yeah, so he's a rapper, by the way. Okay, I had a feeling he was a he was a rapper. I I, I know of him. I know of him, but I just haven't. Yeah. Okay. All right. Like, go- Google images. I oh, I Google images. He dated Halsey for a hot second. Okay. Find his Instagram. Okay. You'll understand. Anyway, like dirtbag. I'm sure. Oh, but man. I don't trust people who jaw their hair. Yeah. No, I do not either <laughs> as well. But so, would I let him fuck me? Absolutely, I would. That is so um, fucking I funny. would cry later and probably get an STD. But uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, he could wreck me. Um, love just how he looks aesthetically. Okay. Another person that I enjoy aesthetically is actually Sebastian Stan. But specifically... Sebastian Stan playing Bucky Barnes. She the stands to the Stan. Now, he is a delightful human as an actor and whatever, and he actually appeals to other parts of my aspect. But we're talking like... Does pure, he have an accent? Like, yes. We actually... Okay, he looks he, like a man with an accent. I think he's like Romanian. I hope he, y'all are Googling this with me. Yeah, so he has a... He actually speaks another language. But um, so here's the thing about him is like... Right now, we're talking about like pure guttural attraction that's what Jeezy represents to me where it's like this man is hot nothing else is behind his eyes that is it and so I feel like actually as a person Sebastian Stan would be a better person and I feel like as him in the new series the Winter Soldier they give him more depth as a character and therefore he's attractive in that way too okay but right now we're talking about like the sexualness in Winter Soldier, that specific movie, when he is the bad guy, mm-hmm. he has long hair and a robot. I mean, he always has a robot arm, but his robot <laughs> arm is exposed and he's a bad guy to a point where he's wearing like this leather fucking mask and he's just ripping cars apart and being a fucking badass but not speaking a word. That is also like Megan is like, yeah. I feel feelings. See, this is where I feel like this is my pansexuality coming out. Like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of people, like, who I find attractive. And honestly, the transgender actress from Euphoria, to me, is so beautiful. Oh, yeah. So this I am attracted to them. So this I is, am. This is where I'm going to throw you for a loop. So, throw me for a loop. So these, these men... Except for maybe like I like girly men. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, this, this, this is where I'm Sorry. gonna this is where I'm gonna throw you off. So then yes. we have like Megan's side of like just pure guttural attraction. The fucking bad guy from Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the actor, the character bad man winter soldier. That is what I'm attracted to. Sebastian Stan is hot and beautiful in his own way, but he is another realm of hotness. Mm-hmm. But like when we're talking about pure attraction. Dirtbag Jeezy. Yes. Also, Winter Soldier. Bad guy version of Winter Soldier. Hot as fuck. Okay, so then we go in the opposite of what Megan is very attracted to. I love men that are funny. Okay. Like, yeah, hilarious, goofy, awkward, weirdo, mildly chubby men. Okay. And this is where Seth Rogen comes into play. I oh, Seth have Rogen. the biggest oh, crush on no, him. He's, and I mean all shapes and sizes cute, of Seth dude. Rogen. Yeah, he's I'm cute. talking freaks and geeks. I'm talking 40-year-old virgin. I'm talking him in every movie he's been in, whatever shape and size he has been. Yeah. I would fuck him. 
immediately. Aww. And Seth Rogen. He actually, like, he's married makes me now. Happy. He has a very beautiful wife who's been with him for a very long time. And he's been getting a lot fitter and hotter these days. And yeah. all the Gen Z people are like, oh my God, look at him being so hot. And I'm like, he was always hot. You guys were just so superficial and did not see that, like, this man, like, his behavior and everything like not just the humor but just the way that he is portrayed in movies where he's just like a genuinely sweet dude but just kind of a goofball goober weirdo hot very hot doable absolutely would and then there's the the trifecta of awesomeness yes and that is to me paul rudd okay (laughs) paul rudd Rudd, he's handsome paul rudd is handsome he is funny i like oh, him. All right, I like he him. He is too. great. He also has not aged since the movie Clueless and therefore like he is old. Like no joke, sorry Paul Rudd, I love He's you old. to death, but you are old. You're a bit old. You've been around. And you but I am amazed on how he has not aged. So Paul Rudd is probably my number 1 and he manifests both the hotness and the funniness and he's great. All right. Uh, so okay, <laughs> we'll talk. Uh, stop talking about celebrity crushes. Um, let's talk about um, further than crushes. Let's talk about some heartbreaks. Uh, we got another question saying, "What is your biggest heartbreak?" Oof. Mm-hmm. You you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, okay. Yeah, my biggest heartbreak was definitely a relationship in which I rarely, rarely, rarely let all of my ba- like barriers down I'm usually pretty good about it um but there was one where I was so tired of having walls that I was like fuck it I want to dive all in and I was 100% real with this person I was in 100% absolutely in love um I thought they loved me more than anything in the entire world um and then I found out that um at some point during our relationship in which I felt so secure and so loved. And I was going through a very, very hard time in life. Um, And then I found out on a night when I was having a mental breakdown and like was opening up to them about my mental breakdown, I went on a really, really long drive and I said goodnight. And (laughs) in that time, uh, that person cheated on me. And I didn't know about it. But then the person that he cheated he cheated on me with reached out to me a year and a half later. And I didn't, I like, I believe them. And I called out um, my boyfriend at the time and said, like, this girl told me this. What the fuck is happening? And they denied it. They said, nope, didn't happen. Um, and I was just like, well, what the fuck? And then eventually we whittled it down to, I gave her her number. She, I rejected her. Maybe that's why she's doing this. And I was like, okay, cool. I trust you because I love you. Um, and I went on my merry way, but I had some friends who were like, don't fall for that shit. Like guys are fucked up. Uh, this girl reached out. Um, no, my friends reached out to the girl and, uh, they're like, Hey, um, our friend's going through a really rough time. Like she, uh, doesn't necessarily believe you can even provide us with some proof. And they provided that girl provided my friend with proof. And my friend showed me like, look, this girl's not fucking lying. Like he's lying to you. 
And I, like, my entire world was just shattered in that moment. I had to confront them again, get them to finally not lie to me. And in that second, all, like, all my trust issues that I have spent a decade getting over um, were completely shattered. All that hard work went away. And I lost all trust with that person. And it fucking sucked. And I constantly struggle with like my trust now I don't know if it's ever going to come back with any relationship that I have with friends with people in general because I learned that people who seem to love you the most like can still be shitty and I think that was my biggest heartbreak is just having someone that you love so much lie to you but it's okay like it's like it's a journey a lot of people have gone through it um cheating is like a really hard subject um and yeah I think that was just that's definitely the biggest one that has impacted me. Um, and I hope I get through it for sure. Uh, I, if anyone can relate, reach out to me, tell me your experience because I like hearing that I'm not alone in my own journey. If it got better, if it got worse, whatever, who knows where the fuck it's going to go. But that was definitely really hard. What about you? (laughs) I'm going to drop that one. Yeah, that's that's tough. And I'm sorry. It's okay. That's rough. Um, So my hotel. Yeah. (laughs) Frank hotel. Um, So my biggest heartbreak. uh, It's funny uh, thinking about it. I know we did a relationship episode and I went over some some stuff in my life. But I thought about this later, too, when I re-listened to it. I kind of glazed over a lot of the situationships because I'm still processing a few of them and that is because I didn't want to really admit this in the episode and I'm willing to do that now a lot of these situationships quote unquote were the ones that hurt me the most and I think I have the most heartbreak and the most trauma from this one gentleman and um, he was a co-worker of mine and we met through mutual friends. And at that point in my life, I was like, nope, not going into date anyone. It's fine. And there was just something about him that kind of like sucked me in. Mm-hmm. And it was almost kind of like a little lost slammy kind of thing where he, you could, he, he's been through a lot and is still going through a lot. He just has a lot of trauma in himself. And I felt, I don't know, heartbroken by his own trauma. So therefore I was like, you just want to like love this person so bad. And then you do, and then you get to know them. And like, we just kind of had this like mental connection. And then it just kind of like spiraled into this romantical physical thing. And then, but everything else about it just like, I felt immensely, like happiness, sadness, everything. So it was the most intense relationship ever. And it was very brief because right when we started dating, quote unquote, I got a job offer Mm -hmm. to the Bay Area. And I was actually in his room when I got the job offer. And then I kind of looked at him and we had just started dating, quote unquote. It'd only been like a few months. We're like madly in love at this point. And I kind of looked at him and he kind of, you could tell like he really wanted me to stay and be with him because I'm sure because of narcissism later back when I reflect on it. But at the same time, he knew like, 
I needed to take this job. So I, he kind of nodded at me and then I took the job and then I was like, oh, well, I'm moving away now. It's not that far. And at that point, he was kind of like in between what he wanted to do and whatever. And I was trying to convince him to come move with me. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, well, you can like, I mean, your job lets you, your main job lets you travel. Like if you want to get like a side job or whatever, but like you can like stay with me and whatever. And like your brother lives close to here. So like, like come with me essentially. And he's just like, no, no, like you need to do this. And you by yourself, like I'm not, basically he kind of just like broke up with me at that point. And was just like, Shit. I can't, I can't Sorry. do, I can't do long distance and uh, but you need to do this I'm not gonna make you stay here because of me but for like a split second I would have said no if he had looked at me in the eyeballs and been like no I want you to be here with me I would have said no to that job and I'm so glad I didn't say no to that job because that job was super projected into where you are projecting me into my career at this point like the definitely the right decision but um especially after I moved to, I was still attached to this man. So even though he was saying like, I don't want to do long distance stuff, we did mildly try to do some form of long distance. I would visit him. I would drive six hours down to Orange County to like see him and all this kind of stuff. And like off and on, we like essentially tried to make it work. But then it didn't work out because he is just very like, emotional sensitive narcissist and then he would guilt trip me with random shit and it was just it just it ended poorly I went and visited him a few times and it was like great but then every time I had to leave it was like it was basically breaking up all over again and then just got too much and then we stopped talking and then it became like just dead silence like he essentially like I think he like unfriended me on Instagram, all this kind of stuff. It became like this big deal. And we never really like officially announced we were dating. It was just kind of like this floating in the universe. But it was so traumatic that it just felt like the biggest thing ever. Yeah, I bet. But then what made it worse was after a few months would go by, he would kind of resurface again. And then like reopen Uh. the wound, reopen the love boats, all this kind of stuff. And this would happen... Like, at first it would start, like, every, like, few months or whatever. And then it was, like, every year or so. Mm -hmm. And it was almost, like, every time he was, like, in a relationship that was causing trauma, I was the fallback of, like, I'm dealing through shit. Megan is good to me. He'll, she'll listen to all my stuff and all my trauma. And we're not just talking, like, him calling me and complaining about his current relationship. It was that, too. But it was also, like... I'm going to kill myself and I don't have any friends. That's really hard. And like as someone who has struggled with that, I'm very empathetic. Mm -hmm. So when someone calls me and is like, I'm going to die, I will immediately drop everything and try to help this person because I would want the same for me. Yeah. And so like this man would constantly do these kinds of things. That's so hard. He would mess with my head. He knew that I cared about him enough to where I would drop anything to go like help Help him. him. I've sent him money. I have driven to see him. I mean, I mean, I would go and like Venmo him shit. Like it just, I was taking care of this person that was not mine and didn't, would not do the same for me in return. And this would happen consistently. 
or and then like and then after I would do all these things and be like I care about you like please like be safe he would drop off the face of the earth he would block me he would do all this stuff and then he would resurface later and be like oh I'm sorry I blocked you like my girlfriend got mad at me that I was talking to you and I was just like but you weren't dating her before he's like oh no no now we're dating and now I have to block you and I was just like that's not healthy but then also you don't get to fuck with my emotions like that nope you don't, it would, and it would start out with me being just genuinely being like, I want to be your friend and I want to be there for you. But you're now manipulating my emotions into like some sort of love thing. And it just, it was constant heartbreak. And like before I moved away to San Francisco, like I, I legitimately thought he was my soulmate. Like I always like, this is it. This is my person. Like everything kind of made sense. The stars aligned. Everything was great. Like, but it wasn't, he wasn't willing to go the extra step to make it work because it was too hard, quote unquote. But it wasn't going to be too hard. He made it hard. He, he creates drama in his own life, life in his own realm. But then he complains about shit and drama. And I'm like, you, you create the chaos. That you, and that's where I realized it was toxic and bad. And I like, once I realized that, I like cried for days because it took, I, I dated him for probably officially like three months, but it was like three years of off yeah. and on that's toxic, draining. Sorry. Like it ruined other relationships that I was trying to be in because I was like trying to help and or take care of this person, whether afar or up close. And it was just like trauma. Yeah. Like I'm still emotionally scarred by it because it's just, it's very much like I, I love this person to death, but he is so like toxic that it took me three years to realize how awful it is for him really and it's more of like I'm not saying he's a bad person I'm saying he has so much trauma that he needs to heal himself yeah and I hope to god he does because it's terrifying for me yeah and to have that heartbreak to be like this person was like the love of my life and he's poisoned really by his own toxicity and i can't do anything about nope. it anymore i'm glad I you tried, realized that i tried to save this man so many times and then i just had to have that realization that i can't save him and it broke me and i was just inconsolable for days and then i like came out of the woodwork and was like all right it still bothers you. You can still feel sad and feel well, sorry for Megan's him. You can, life. You can yeah. even still feel angry about it because he did fuck you over a few times. But what's different now is like I actually went through that not only so just dreamy. like the the like relationship heartbreak of like essentially losing someone you love, but it was just very much like a, a full letting go. And I don't think I will be the same because of just like the moments we had together, like though they were brief, there was some of like my favorite like moments, just like I still like, this is so dumb, but I have little photos that I still keep of us together that are like really just like sweet, but also just very like intimate and special like nothing nothing gross by the way don't be don't be crude listeners Mm -hmm. but there's like one there's one photo that I absolutely love and actually there was three there was four photos and a while ago when like I first moved away I gave him two and I still have two 
and they're like us just like laying and like cuddling in bed and he's just like his arms around me and I have like my arm and his like his little like crook of his shoulder and you just look at our eyeballs and you're just like these people loved each other in that moment in time and it's fucking beautiful but you're also just like fuck you can also kind of just see like the pain because it was when we took those photos it was when I was visiting and then I knew I had to go back and it yeah. was we both like I'd never seen a man cry as much as I was when I was dating this man wow. like he was just a very emotional human and it like it wrecked me to see like and to know what he has been through as a human and I wish him all the best in the world but it's just like I can't save him and all I did was want to save him and mm-hmm. I can't and now it's up to him and it's up to God or who, whatever and it's just that's what breaks my heart yeah. is the fact that I just re- I don't even want to necessarily be with him I just want him to be happy but I don't think he wants to be happy and I have to be okay with not knowing because I don't know he I'm blocked on all social medias I can't f- hunt him down or find him even if I wanted to but I, that's what broke my heart is there's no way for me to even connect as a friend and be like, are you good? Are you okay? I'm just afraid one day I'm going to find out he's killed himself and it literally haunts me in, no. my, in my dreams. But not. at the same time, I'm like, God, I hope not. But it's, it's not. still just like, I also get mad too because he was just toxic and like, I can't trust men because of him. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm that sorry. broke my heart and that's fun. To rethink but yeah oh. i didn't talk about that in the relationship stuff but yeah that man wrecked me i actually was trying to think of um there's a specific tattoo that i want to get and um it's the only sternum tattoo that i want to get and i want to get like a roman numeral five because i've only really had five men break my heart in my entire existence and i'm not saying i'm a hoe i'm just saying like there's only been five instances in my life where the person that I cared about actually broke my heart and any other person before that or after that except for those five were just flings or whatever or yeah it hurt a little bit and broke my heart in this small way but actual full heartbreak there's only been five in my entire life and he was number five nobody's broken my heart since wow and I've had people like I've cried over men recently um, and I've also cried over men like before or like or I've had I've cried over maybe like three men after after him but like actually feeling heartbreak feels different than like this man hurt me me boys are mean like actual like Tears. overwhelmingly bodily heartbreak yes. which is what we're talking about for sure and he was the last one. And I told myself after it happened, I was like, and this is why I have trouble with dating and I don't let people in. And then I put walls and then I pick people that I know are going to hurt my feelings, quote unquote, or break my heart, quote unquote, because I won't let it be a surprise anymore. Yeah, for sure. And I told myself after it happened and I was like, literally like, I call out of work, like full depression spiral. I told myself, I was like, the next person that I let in, that's it. So I haven't let really anyone in since. Mm -hmm. I got close, actually, with one guy that I dated, I wouldn't say recently, but fairly recently. He got very close of getting in, but I still had the wall up. Um, But yeah, like to this day, like he is number five that broke my heart and I refuse to go any farther than that. 
Yeah. So I really would like to get that Roman numeral five like over my heart and be like, no mas, no more. No mas. The next person that I'm with, quote unquote, not allowed to break my heart. If I let you in, we're getting married and we get love forever. It's great. Mm -hmm. But any more than that, like I've done my dues. Five is my maximum of heartbreak. Yeah. Done after that. Yeah. So yeah. No mas. No, no mas. Heartbreaks. Anyway, that's my sad story. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> heartbreak's, heartbreak's tough. Um, but last question we have is, um, what's the last question that we have? Ooh, yeah. What was the last question? Let me get on here. iPad, why won't you work? Ooh. Okay. Last question. What is your best quality and what is your worst? Yeah, mine are directly correlated, I think. Um, my best quality is that I am a very empathetic person. Uh, I think that I'm able to connect with people no matter what their background is, just because I think I'm a really good listener. I'm a very good listener. I, I like, I'm generally interested in everyone's story. And so I, I treat everyone with respect unless they blatantly do something that doesn't, that makes me hate them. Uh, I, I treat everyone with respect. I'm, I feel like I'm very easy to be around, um, so I think that that is my best quality and that I, I am here for everyone. Um, but in the same sense, uh, my worst quality, it's, it's so weird. It, it sounds very, it's very, it's polar opposites really. Um, cause it is a switch I could turn on and off is I can go from being the most caring, empathetic person and take care of everyone but at the same time, uh, my worst quality is I could flip a switch at my will and I could turn essentially into like a very selfish sociopath where I emote people's emo I can not be affect affected by emotions. Um, I can uh, base, I don't know, I could basically turn off my emotion switch and that just has like a background of trauma. But if I... If I have shit going on, my selfish switch turns on and I'm like, sorry, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm out. I'm clocked out of life. And so I will clock out in life sometimes where I won't talk to anyone. I will, um, not respond to people who are in obvious need to help. I will, it is very, it's very bad. And it truly is depending on what I'm personally going through. And if I am not available emotionally, I, I turn into like the, I, a most selfish person, uh, where I will only take care of my needs. Um, I will not care about who's hurting in that moment and just take care of Brittany. But unfortunately, then the good part of me comes back. And once I'm better, I flip back on. I'm like, fuck, I'm overwhelmed by all of this hurt around me or who, who I need to attend to. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great and a bad thing. Um, also, my uh, another worst quality about myself is I'm just very, very hard on myself. Um, for the longest time, I, I didn't think I was good enough for anything, anyone. Um, <laughs> it's I, I literally sound like I have like bipolar because I, I I'm I have two different personalities. There's half of me that is like it's all about like it's all about how I'm feeling, how I'm doing, fuck everybody else. Uh, I'm in my moment right now. And then I have another part of me that's like, oh, and also like I, I can't do anything. And then another part of me is that I can do anything. I can never fail. I'm here for everyone. So I, 
doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in my own head, my, my best quality and my worst quality, because they are, they don't go together. They, there's no such thing as being a very empathetic person and being a sociopath. Mm. That doesn't make sense. But somehow that is where I am at. And it I, happens more often than you say. Okay. Okay. So that, yeah, it's really hard to talk about. And uh, I know my friends have seen my sociopathic side because I've had people who are try- who are like my best friends try to reach out to me or try to be there for me, and I shut everyone down and push them away. Um, slash, I don't exist for a bit, and then when I come back, I'm all I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm there for everyone. I want to I want to be there. I want to listen to everyone's story. It's so it's it's yeah, it's hard. <laughs> I hundred, I hundred percent relate Best relate to relate right to there. both of those because they kind of make sense to my best and worst qualities. Okay, what's yours best? My and worst best qualities? quality is my loyalty. I am loyal. I'm a loyal friend. I'm a loyal girlfriend. I when I accept you into my life, I will do anything for you. I will make you chicken soup. I will take a bullet for you I will drop the hat and come get you I will I am I feel like I am a I can be a great friend my worst quality is if you do me wrong I will be nasty and I will fucking ruin you Mm -hmm. and I will do it in a way that will hurt you the most and I will be like oh I'm gonna do something I I just get very like when I'm mad I'm like oh you're I will end you and I will and I will figure (laughs) out the the way to hurt you the most whether you know about it or not it's almost like like I am I will be like, oh, okay, well, you're going down, essentially. And it's it's almost just like a, a very like nasty way of me getting some sort of vengeance. I don't know. I just I get I can get very angry and be like, all right, I won't just be like mad and be done with it. I will be like, oh, how I'm gonna hurt you the most. Because I take my hurt very seriously, so I'll just like lash out in a way that's like not healthy and probably like not reasonable. Like if I took a, a beat and actually thought about my decisions, I probably would make healthier choices. Um, but my gut reaction is to be like, "Oh, you're gonna you're gonna do that? Fuck you! Like that you're gonna see nasty Megan." Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a very odd switch yeah and i do it as basically like a defense turtle mechanism it's but instead of me just going into a shell exactly what i do i go into a a shell and i have fucking daggers where i'm like so i have a shell and then you look inside the shell and you're like wait she's not in here (laughs) yeah you're just you just went (laughs) ghosted yeah i will be still in the shell and i'll have a fucking bazooka waiting and then be like oh you're, you're going down so it's it's very much like I will love you till the end. You're great. But if you do me wrong, I, I will end you in the most unhealthy way ever. Yeah. Because it really is a defense mechanism. I don't like getting hurt. And no one so likes getting hurt. My gut reaction, though, is to hurt others, too, when they hurt me. I'm like, yeah. I... And it's always, like, some sort of weird, malicious thing. But ultimately, it ends up hurting me more. 
because it's very self-deprecating in a lot of my, I don't know. I just, I get very upset very easily over things that if I honestly like took a step back, it's probably not that big of a deal, but I just, because I love fiercely, I rage fiercely as well. And it takes a lot for me to be like, okay. And then once I take a moment, then I'm like, everything's fine. Everything's great. Things We're good okay. now. But until that conversation happens, you're not fucking okay. dead to me. And yeah. I'll be like, absolutely fucking not. If I'm willing to take a bullet from you and then you stab me in the back, I will come and stab you in the back and then like shoot you in the ankle. So, so you're still alive, but you drag yourself away. Like it's just, it's not that I've done anything like murderous or anything. Please don't think that. But it's almost just like this, the... The fierceness of my care also shows a fierceness of my rage. So essentially, really. <laughs> our worst qualities that we're both a little crazy. We're I'm a, I'm we're not a little, little crazy. crazy. I'm a lot crazy. I'm secret crazy. I, I told I, Megan this earlier. I'm secret crazy. <laughs> I I but also like I also use my crazy as kind of a facade too, where I'm like grumpy and salty on the outside, and I don't let a lot of people in, and then once. I let people in. I'm like this like like sweet little like nougat little softy who like cries at least once a day over like a sad TikTok I feel video. like I'm the op- Yeah, and no, I'm the opposite. I come off of very happy and then once you get close to me, then you'll notice like I have issues and I'm more open with you about the issues yeah. and I will not be nice about dealing with my own issues sometimes. I will not communicate it well. I don't I, yeah, I'm, I'm great at communicating really happy things, but when it comes to the sad things, I'll communicate them. But if it deals with like hurt, if it deals with anything that makes me feel stressed, I just yeah. shut down. And then like, I guess another bad quality for me, and I wouldn't call it like a, a sociopathic thing, but it kind of tags onto my, my, my grumpy nature, I guess mm-hmm. is what we were talking about yeah. is it's hard to like really get to know me like people at work were kind of like i don't know i guess scared of me for a hot minute um you do have you are pretty intense at first meeting i think that's what it is i think i have an intensity that i'm not aware of because i just find myself kind of strange and awkward and i don't realize that i come off as intense because i don't consider myself to be intimidating at all i'm not particularly tall i'm not particularly buff i don't dress in like a very aggressive manner like unless I'm like maybe dolled up and wearing all black but like honestly I don't find myself scary at all but then I've had multiple people come up to me at work in life in general and be like yeah you're fucking terrifying and I'm like but I'm nice only if you wrong me am I terrifying and then they're like oh god but like okay that's literally how it is where I look scary and I will act scary but then when you get to know me I'm like the sweetest of sweet peas, I will die for you. I will make you cookies. I will do all these nice things unless you wrong me and then I will come and find you and hurt you and knock down your mailbox. (laughs) But not that I have committed any kind of violence or felonies. I've never hit anyone. I've only slapped someone once, but I've never punched anyone. (laughs) I punched a fridge in my rage. Oh my gosh. But uh, yeah, that's another That's another fun, really good story. Maybe for next episode, we'll talk about how I broke my hand at work because I punched a fridge. Thank you for all the questions. We like answering them. Uh, And that is episode 10. Night, night. Night, night. Or good morning. Or have fun at work. Or glad you're home. Yeah. Be safe.
We're gonna. <laughs>